Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. As always, much to get to. We start with Biden. He had a speech yesterday. Had uh, a big appearance. Yeah, and he also did an interview with the Weather Channel. Huge. It just made me laugh when I saw that he was doing an interview with the Weather Channel because the Democrats spin right now on him having all those phone calls with Hunter Biden's business associates. Oh, they were just talking about the weather. Of course. So Joe Biden loves talking about the weather. We know that. It's nothing about bribery or anything like that. <laughs> so that's why they put him on the Weather Channel. Uh, talking about climate change, and he was asked whether or not he's going to declare a national emergency over climate change. Okay. I've already done that. Nationally, we've conserved more land. We've moved in. We've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. We've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're, we're, we're moving. It's the, it is the existential threat to humanity. Oh, gosh. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you have a bug on it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. So you've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. Yeah. Well, practically, I mean, not really, but it had a bug on you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeez. Well, that's part of the movement. Holy cow. No. I mean, it's not just in the United States. That's around the world as far as climate emergency. But, I mean, <laughs> and you you don't take it when some goof like John Oliver's like, all these experts are saying it's all together. <laughs> no, dude. Actually talk to different people with different opinions, okay? And they may tell you, okay, yeah, we have an issue here, but it's not an emergency. Okay, there's a huge difference. But, I mean, you just don't get that from legacy media. Well, everything is over the top with these guys. Everything's hyperbole. Millions of people will die with COVID. Yes. I mean, it's it's the fear factor is turned up to 11 all the time. All the time. Well said. And today, I mean, depending, I don't expect legacy media to cover this too much, but it's not a good day for the Biden family. Uh, No, it's not. I mean, we'll get into it a little more deep later, but I mean, you know how they say unfounded claims of the Biden family business. I mean, Joe was not in business with Hunter. Really? Yeah. Well, there are new banking records that show transfers of upwards of $20 million to Hunter Biden and Devin Archer's shell company, the Rosemont whatever partnership that he that he put together. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, you know, again, you look at the timing of these payments and who what Joe was doing as vice president at the time. And House Republicans, if you take time to really get into the weeds, have drawn a really interesting map of here's where this payment went through. Oh, yeah, some uh, guy in Kazakhstan bought the president or the vice president at the time's son a Porsche. And it just so happened that he was having some meetings, Joe was, with the people in Kazakhstan. Weird how (laughs) that works, right? Yes. You're talking $20 million in transfers. And they have to do it because there's no reporters on the story. Right. Which is so frustrating. Speaking of reporters, journalists, Jake Tapper, CNN. Oh, gosh. He is having a hard time figuring out why Biden's policies are failing to persuade Americans. Huh. Did you hear this? This was uh, CNN yesterday, along with uh, one of the NPR weekend hosts, Aisha Roscoe. 
and she brings her brilliance to this conversation, too. His CNN's poll from last week found that President Biden's approval rating is at only 41 percent. Mm. Only 37 percent of Americans approve of his handling of the economy. Really? I, I, I said this in our staff meeting today. I feel like I've been noting this for three years. <laughs> President Biden is out there heralding such and such, and the American yes. people disapprove Just, overwhelmingly. Yeah. Three years in, we're still having this conversation. Still having the conversation. Because yes, because you can't lie to people all the time. They yeah. know their own situation. But wait a second. Aisha has a different take on this. Mm -hmm. She's a mind reader, you know. Go ahead. Because there is not, the connection isn't happening. And I know that has to be frustrating for his staff. <laughs> oh, time out, time look... out. That just sent Van Camp over the edge. That was like four seconds. Well, well when's the last time any of these jackasses went into a Walmart? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. My guess is they're not hanging with the regular folk. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating for Joe Biden. Really? Because when you're kneecapping oil and gas production, you know what? Things get more expensive, and people notice those things. Have you seen the price of gas these days? Yes. People seem to notice that stuff. Or if you flood the market with cash, it takes a long time to get over that inflation. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead uh, with your brilliant take, Aisha. For his staff, because when you look at the economy, when you look at the raw numbers, there's a lot of good there. Unemployment's <laughs> relatively low. They've been, you know, inflation's coming down. But people aren't feeling that way. I think part of it is because when you had inflation, that's such a pocketbook issue, and it really hit people where they hurt. You got okay. interest rates up. It costs, you know, a million dollars to get a house. I'm just talking about around here. I might be just complaining about myself. But, you know, <laughs> it's just a lot. Like, everything feels more expensive. And I think that's the... Feels? You just said it. it. Yeah, it doesn't feel more expensive. It is, it is more, expensive. more expensive. Yes. Again, you know, rub shoulders with the commoners occasionally. Go buy, uh, go buy eggs. Dude, I think she got it for a second. Yeah. It's and like, yeah, but it just feels like it. Yeah, but unemployment's down. And yeah, I mean, unemployment has, has rebounded back down to about where it was during the Trump administration, maybe a little bit lower. And, and that's good. But when people are having to work a couple of jobs to make ends meet or when they're thinking about racking up credit card debt to make ends meet, to go to the grocery store, or fill up the gas tank or whatever, you know how much they care about the unemployment rate? They don't. Oh, now I feel like I've been saying sudden, that for two years. Your car is belly up, and you need to get a different car. Right. right. Holy, whoa! Yes, you're over twenty-seven. Yet uh, it feels like you're a good hitter. <laughs> <laughs> Right, this is the rest of what she says. I think that's the issue that they have, is that they have not been able to connect and make people feel like Biden has done something for them. And I think it's hard because Biden is not that type of candidate that gets people all worked up in their hearts um, to feel, you know, very warm and fuzzy about it. That's why I got the clip. That's why he, that's what he sold himself as. <laughs> exactly. The empathizer in chief. What yes. the hell is this lady on right now? Me, Dude. I am a very serious commentator, and I'm going to tell you that, yeah, inflation is kicking us all in the groin, and uh, yes, I know that uh, things feel like they cost a little bit more, but really the problem is Joe Biden's just not empathetic enough. By the way, what? by criticizing her, uh, you are, in fact, a racist oh, and sexist. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's an idiot. Well, it's NPR, so yeah. anyway. Okay, um, moving on to other things.
Uh, in D.C., this was interesting, and we saw part of this yesterday. There were people very upset, David. Yeah, after the Washington, D.C. City Council tried to push a bill that eliminated serious penalties for some crimes, now they're looking at bringing in the National Guard to stop the crime wave. D.C. Councilman Trayon White gave an impassioned uh, speech yesterday. Okay. So we're tired of this and enough is enough. enough Excuse my language, but I want to be quite frank to the young men and young ladies. We say it's not okay for you to load up 30, 40, 50, 120 rounds in a gun and shoot up our community. I have spoken with the D.C. National Guard. Well, hold on a second. I mean, I, I'm open to ideas here, uh, but I don't know if we want the optics of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, bringing in the National Guard as far as see, it might scare some people. Mm-hmm. And uh, be careful with the language talking about these uh, young men and women with all these rounds in their guns. And while I have to have more conversations with the chief police, which I have today, and the mayor and my colleagues, we have a long way to get there. We just know that police alone is not getting it done. (sighs) They're they're at really low staffing levels because a lot of people have left and if you remember right, he denies it at this time, but uh, the D.C. Council was pushing to defund the police. Well, yeah. They got we a... don't want no more police. Yeah. It's not clear. I mean, they were all about it, and this guy comes out and talks about bringing in the National Guard. When Trump suggested it, it was racist and yeah. sexist, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's everything. Xenophobic. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, uh, we need what listen, we need I, is more programs in the inner city. No, here... Here's a, here's a program for you. Again, you take those five cops in Memphis who beat the hell out of that guy. Oh, yeah. Work release program. Unleash those guys in a couple oh, of these neighborhoods. Buddy. That's a hot take. you got to have law and order. It's plain and simple. I mean, you go over it all the time. I, I don't understand why some people have to, I don't know, have the situation they have now in D.C. to figure that out. You just look at history. I mean, if you would have said... Five years ago, that you could go into a jewelry store with wastebaskets and just crack the the jewel cases open and just take whatever you want, put them in the wastebasket, and leave. And it's noon, (laughs) and no one does anything. I would have said you're insane. Don't chase. Don't Don't chase. Don't chase. Don't don't apprehend. Don't do anything. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Speaking of crazy, you said, David, and I don't know if this to be true, but you said this would be the craziest story we would hear all week. What is it? I I don't even really want to spoil it. I'll just set it up this way, giving proper credit in the name. Uh, KPRC Channel 2, they're on your side if you live in Houston. Uh, They had this crazy story. It involves a woman from Silsby, Texas, north of Beaumont. Her name is Peggy Jones, and she talked about one day when she was mowing the yard And I'll just let her tell the rest of the story. Okay. I was mowing on our property, and just out of the sky, out of the clear blue, a snake fell onto my arm. I began to sling the snake off of my arm, and he wrapped around my arm and just held on tighter. Uh Kept striking in my face. He was striking my glasses. Just started praying out, Jesus, help me. Please, Jesus, help me. A hawk came down. He grabbed the snake and tried to take the snake off, but he guess he didn't have a good grip. He the hawk kept coming down. He came down about four times. He finally got the snake and took off with the snake. And I think that was God's way of um, letting letting me live and mm-hmm. 
because I, I couldn't figure out a way the snake was not letting go of my arm. Oh, yeah. my, wow. my, my. So, yeah, a snake lands on her. A hawk attacks her as well, tore the hell out of her arm doing this. I, I'm pretty sure the, the hawk had the snake already and then dropped it. That's why it fell out of the sky and uh. then was going to get its meal back. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, man, I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if sending the hawk is God's message. I think probably you being attacked by a snake and the hawk together might be some sort of message. Doesn't that, that sounds like an Old Testament prophecy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And the serpent fell from the sky. <laughs> and then here comes the hawk. <laughs> well, if the hawk doesn't come back, she's not in good shape. There's no right. doubt about that. I'll take the beating from the hawk just to get the snake off me. I call it answered prayer. Good yeah. for her. That is a crazy story, man. Holy smokes, Daddy-O. Yeah. I don't think... I think you're right. I think that is the craziest story that we will hear all week. But you never know. I mean, we're only midweek here. Mm-hmm. There's time. Wow, that's fascinating. Wow. Okay, more on that later. Um, okay, so we had a guy that said something that trans people were mad about, and then he apologized. Now he's not apologizing. We don't know who's apologizing for what. We'll get to the latest next. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, rapper Neo made the trans activist very mad with something he said, and then he, like, doubles down, but then he apologizes, but now he unapologizes? What is going on? What he said was it was weird for parents to let their kids have sex changes. Saying, well, that's a a life-altering, life-changing decision, and, and no... Kids shouldn't be pushed into that. I liked I liked his quote when he said, "Little boy comes up to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl.' You just let him rock with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't do that. Right. It's kind of a kid. cool way of you know. Yeah, we let him rock with that. No. So he, like you said, he initially kind of doubled down and then uh, apologized in a Twitter statement where it was the the whole weak need bowing before the mob. I will do the work. All of that nonsense. And we're like, dude, what the heck is going on with you? Well, yeah, it was like corporate speak. Yeah, and so he wanted to set the record straight, uh, recorded a video for Instagram, and spoke for himself. Oh, okay. I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. Oh. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. I was asked a question, and I answered the damn question, okay? I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever i ain't got no beef with y'all do whatever the hell it is you want to do do what you want to do with your kids <laughs> just by the tone you can tell this dude's had enough I've had, yeah he's yeah. had it he really has and it is dude that's the thing you're not wanting to offend anyone but having an opinion is going to be offensive to people mm-hmm. that's just a fact especially today however Somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? And I got no problem <laughs> with that. I'm- that's great. 
And honestly, isn't that what everybody needs to say? Yeah. Cancel me. I don't care. Maybe the world doesn't need a Scotty Robbins anymore. Well, they've been saying that for a while. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah. Scotty Robbins needs the world, though, to need Scotty Robbins. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? <laughs> and I got no problem with that. I'm a hustler, all right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise, and I'm going to do that regardless. So, with that being said, yes, y'all have a good day. I love everybody. Yeah. Good for you, Neo. Well, the- Seven kids. Yeah. Prolific. He's 30. Been busy. It's 43. 40, 43. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, that's how a lot of people do feel. They're just too afraid to say it. And Which is ridiculous. There's no need to be afraid to say it because no. everybody ag- or most people agree with you, actually. If you say, yeah, that's kind of crazy to give a sex change operation or hormones or hormones or whatever to kids, that's crazy. Most people understand that. Yes. But, I mean, you have a lot of timid people in our society oh, yeah. that just don't want the trouble. And it's like, well, uh, I don't have kids. Well, I, what do I care? Yeah, do whatever. Yeah, fine. It's kind of crazy. I uh, happen to see this. Found it interesting. Not surprising at all. Turns out the more you watch the home improvement shows, it only makes you feel bad about your own house. Yeah, it does. guess unless you're Van Camp, it can do a lot of stuff. Where, you know, you can fix up stuff and it uh, is cheap. But for a lot of people, it's not as cheap as what they give the impressions on TV. Oh, yeah. On those different shows. So has this happened to you before, David, where it's like, hey, we could renovate this or do something like here. And it's only going to cost X amount, but it's way more than that. It always costs more. That's why yeah. professional home builders and home renovation guys always have contingency budgets. Yes. We'll talk to some of those guys. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, yeah, that's what they say, but here's the reality. Yeah. And then they'll tell you exactly what the different materials cost. Not to mention the labor involved. Yeah. But it's always more than you think. But, yeah, I mean, if you keep watching that stuff, I mean, I know people do it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But how do you not look at your own place and be like, yeah, it's not as cool as that? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, you know? I think it's more like my wife looks at me and says, he's not as cool as Chip. Exactly. (laughs) All right, big story. Joe Biden dined with foreigners who supplied their family with $20 million. That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. One of my favorite clips that we had on the show yesterday. This makes me laugh because it's so true. And it was Joe Rogan. (laughs) <laughs> Talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been a goof his whole f- career. He's always been a goof. He's always been he's been caught lying so many times. Yeah. He's so full of sh-. There's so much evidence that he's corrupt. Is there evidence of corruption? Are uh, there receipts? Uh, yeah, new detailed bank record showed twenty yeah. million dollars in payments to the Biden family and their partners from foreign actors in places like Russia, Ukraine, and Kazakhstan during Joe Biden's time as vice president. Unfounded now, claims against the now Biden Now, of family. course, there are none of the newly released records directly link payments to Joe <laughs> Biden. There was no card from any gas executive in Ukraine or Russia or Kazakhstan that said, Dear Joe, thanks for taking our bribe. Your friend, Russia. And Democrats are parlaying that into no evidence, no evidence whatsoever. They wow. got all worked up over a non-existent PP tape. 
And, oh, of and, course. But now this, it's like, well, we really have to make sure uh, before we uh, jump to conclusions here. I mean, I know it turns out that Joe Biden lied when he said he never addressed his uh, kids' business partners, never discussed any of the business. I know we know that's a lie now. But because there's no thank you letter from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, then obviously there's no evidence. And Republicans are chasing ghosts on this one. Oh, okay. And so that statement that was part of the story before, talking about how many years would it take for people to go through the bank records to figure out where the money went? Oh, yeah, like decades. Yes. That's how we're going to do this. That's why there's all these LLCs. How many? 19? Somewhere around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no proof. I mean, the Hunter was just doing that uh, because he had 19 different ideas for business. Right, I mean, what, 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 mean? what can you possibly do with 19 LLCs that's not nefarious? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nobody does that. Nobody. But that's the thing, man. It would seem like anyone with a soul, all right, that saved for the sake of this argument, they were duped and believed, okay, Joe wasn't a part of this. Yeah, Hunter was a scumbag and blah, 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 but Joe wasn't a part of it. And so you're going along with the Democratic talking points saying, hey, there's no proof here. All right, there's nothing going on. There's no evidence. All right, and he never talked about any business dealings with his son. And then all of a sudden, well, he wasn't in business with his son. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so you go along with that. Yeah, he wasn't in business, and you're still going to go out there and say, see, there's no proof? How do you do that? I guess it's yeah. true, man. What, you go to D.C. and the, your soul's gone? Yeah, you don't have a soul. Wow. Okay. So following that, meanwhile, Donald Trump's out on the campaign trail. Yeah. Gee whiz. What do you mean, gee whiz? Oh, man, the Christie thing. <laughs> Oh, the Chris Christie. Yeah. You, you heard this, right? Yes, yeah, I, I did. Oh, my gosh. Did a campaign event in New Hampshire, started talking about some of his presidential primary rivals, and here's him talking about Chris Christie. Okay. Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. Uh-oh. Wow. Oh, boy. Holy cow. Mm. Mm. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. Holy smokes. What's your thoughts, Scott? You're over there going, oh, geez. oh, boy. Well, you know, I mean, it is Trump being Trump. It's very authentic. He said, don't call him a fat pig. Yeah, you pig. know why he, he was said fun. that. I don't even know if anybody really said that or not. Right. Yeah. You say it was a strong man. Yeah, he's, he's, com- he's coming to his rescue. Okay. <laughs> Gets on the phone, Chris. I want you to know. I was trying to tamp down the crowd. I told them not to call you a fat pig. They didn't listen. It's not me. I was defending. I mean, to be different. After he said. He's he's eating right now. Exactly. (laughs) I'd never call you a fat pig. Well, and did you hear anybody go, hey, he's a fat pig. I mean, if it was audibly clear, (laughs) you know, you could say, well, okay, maybe he was referring to that. But I didn't hear anybody say it, even if they did. Oh. Okay. I'm not saying he's a girly man or anything. I didn't say that. So are you hearing from people that they did not think that was cool at all? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a couple anyway this morning. Yeah, it was like that wasn't cool. This is the thing. I voted for the guy, and I can't vote for him again, and here's why, and things like this. Are you talking about in the primary or the yeah, general? No, uh, yes. Yes and yes. Um, you know, if he wins the primary, they're not going to vote for him, and if he wins the general, they'll probably sit it out. 
not, they're not going to vote for Joe. I mean, but they'll just sit it out. Wow. I mean, I, I can't imagine you know, that. And, and again, yeah, if Trump is the nominee just sitting it out, I can't imagine doing that. Well, I can't either. But again, this is all visceral right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, man. But, I mean... Because <laughs> oh, you do smoke. talk to different people, and we've brought this up before. Whatever happens, happens. Let the voters decide. Absolutely. Well, if we've said on this show before, Chris Christie can't be the president because he's too heavy. Oh, dude, <laughs> we've said it. I'm well, not taking the conversation turn, as far yeah. as, is Chris Christie, is that the problem with Christie? <laughs> is he just way too much? No, well, I mean, he doesn't have a chance. It wouldn't matter no, if he I lost mean, 100 pounds. But you could also have the greatest message in the world, and when you're... When you can't take care of yourself. I understand. What I'm saying is, okay, as far as Trump running for president, when you talk to a lot of people, it seems like they would prefer someone else. But it does never show up that way in the polling. No. He is killing everybody. It doesn't. It's not even close. No. I mean, I think we would all three say we're surprised how big of a margin it is between Trump and DeSantis. I saw something today that was like one of the early primary states. I don't know if it was Iowa or I can't remember which one it was, Rhode Island. But it, it, it was like, would you vote for him if he went to prison? And the majority of the people said, yeah, I'd vote for him. Against Biden? Yeah. Well, of course. Biden should be in jail. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's not a joke. No, no, I know. No. I understand what you're saying. Now, I think that would be an interesting presidential election where both candidates are in federal prison, and they are running. It's like the ultimate reality show, right? They're running for the yeah. opportunity to pardon themselves. Wow. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. That's a good way to that's, frame that. That's thing, really David. incentive, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's like the Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah. Right. Chris Christie not involved. Okay, let's just move on. See? See? Can we got to go. We got to get to other things here. All right. That part of the show... Going around the table. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? I know I know a lot. Most people are not on uh, Twitter or X or whatever. Um, but one little feature that has been introduced under Elon Musk is a thing called Community Notes. And I love it. It's not traditional fact checker where you'll have like factcheck.org says or the AP says blah, blah, blah. No, it's a bunch of users will weigh in and whatever really rises to the top as uh, truly factual. It it democratizes Mm fact-checking, and it is amazing when it happens and you get one of these community notes when somebody just obviously lies on Twitter, and it happens to Joe Biden a lot because he (laughs) lies all the time. The latest one was this morning, I'm sorry, yesterday morning, uh, he wrote, America invented semiconductors when we went to the moon. Today, they power our everyday lives. Over time, our manufacturing was hollowed out. We went from producing nearly 40% of microchips down to 10%. But thanks to the Chips and Science Act, production will be brought back home. Readers added context. They thought people might want to know, says Twitter's uh, community notes. The semiconductor was invented by a German named Carl Ferdinand Braun in 1874. The semiconductor transistor was... (laughs) Invented in the U.S. in 1947 and the integrated circuit in 1958, also in the U.S., all well before going to the moon. <laughs> and then here's here are the links. No one, not, 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 the history books will note it. <laughs> it was the not to die act. Yes. Well, yeah. 
Is that with a K or is it K-N or is it just N? <laughs> I, like, I like some that of the comments on though. it, though. It says, the ultimate fact check needs to be that we never went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> True and international under pressure. Yeah. All right, Scott, what's your story today? Uh, well, we have a new winner in the Mega Millions, $1.6 billion. It was one winner. The person purchased the ticket in Florida at a Publix store, one of the kind of 7-Elevens that are there. It's a big grocery um, store, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a large chain, correct? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Anyway, got the $1.6 billion ticket. There are only one. I, I, w- I also want to say I was also a winner last night. And why was I a winner last night? Because I identified as one. There you go. And I want a piece of the Mega Millions pie. And who's to say I didn't win? Damn you. <laughs> I am who I say I am. For my story today, it's a story that's going to make Scott very angry. Well, it's going to make you too angry, David. Anybody that loves dogs, I think, is going to be angry. Um, but just bear with me for a second because it ends up to be okay. Right. Did you hear about this woman that was flying out of Pittsburgh the other morning, heading off on vacation to some resort? No. She had her seven-year-old French bulldog with her. Yeah. Okay. Tried to claim the dog was an emotional support animal. It wasn't. Used to be people could get away with that more and more. They're kind of clamping down on that. Uh, So they told her she'd have to put it in a crate. Well, she had done no research on this um, and was just pushing it in a stroller. So instead of dealing with it at all, she just abandoned the dog in the parking lot and got on her flight. Man. Gosh dang. Got on her flight. Yes. Off to her resort. Yes. Okay. Airport worker found the dog sitting in the stroller near short-term parking at like 5.30 in the morning. And she'd left some food and water. Here, have fend for yourself, little French bulldog. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, but the worker said the dog looked, quote, very sad. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. But it's going to be all right. Police took it in, got it to an animal shelter. Now, they found a microchip but weren't able to get in touch with the owner. Cops said she's likely going to face animal abandonment charges when she gets back and up to $1,000 fine. This shelter that's taking care of the dog says there's been tons of calls no. from people that want to adopt it. So the dog's going to end up with a better owner in the yeah, end. Yeah, that's true. The interesting thing about this is, she I've said this a million times, she abandons the dog, and the penalty is what you say? $1,000 fine and up to up she, to $1,000 fine. Animal abandonment charges, right, whatever charges that is. Charges will be filed. Yes. Go into a jewelry store. Bust it up, take everything in it. At 12 noon, nothing happens to you. Leave a dog in a parking lot, a fine, and a rest. Yeah. Well, and I had another idea. Just you know, if these guys stole stuff and brought dogs with them, <laughs> things would change. Remember David had that story about the shopkeepers that beat up the robbers? Yes. With that big, it's like a cane pole. Like mm-hmm. big. Yeah. I just want to throw it out there. Animal abandonment. Maybe a little caning. <laughs> totally fine with that. I got no Everybody? problem with it. Yep. Okay, I yeah. figured. Yeah, I figured I would pass with flying right. colors there. Yes. Remember that story of that lady who tried to take an emotional support hamster on her yes. flight, and then they said, "No, there's no such thing as an emotional support hamster." And then she flushed it down the damn toilet. Yes. <laughs> killed oh, it, no. and then said that she was the victim. Like Delta or United or whatever made her kill her animal. Like, no, they Jeez. didn't. Yeah. You could have let it go. What do you think, Scott? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of yes. Course. Okay. Someone's been banned from running for office. You won't believe this story straight ahead. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, someone's banned from running for office. What's the story, Dave? Well, the state of Oregon has banned several Republicans from seeking re-election. Uh, this is because they failed to show up while they were protesting left-wing laws. See, Democrats, of course, have a, a stranglehold on the legislature. Um, and the only way that Republicans could get around that in protest of certain bills on abortion, gun control, etc., uh, was to not show up, deny them a quorum. The same thing that Texas Democrats did actually uh, a while back. Was that last year? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, this sounds like the same yeah, thing, they, doesn't it? They loaded up the uh, tour bus. They got a bunch of beer on board. We they, yeah, we're celebrated for leaving the <laughs> state. Man. Well, last year, oh voters gosh. in Oregon uh, approved Measure 113, which, uh, well, would ban people from seeking re-election if they miss 10 or more days out of the legislative session unexcused. So that okay. counts, and boom, they're getting the boot. Got it. So I cannot wait for Joe Biden yeah. to come out, because he's always consistent, mm -hmm. and say that no one should be punished for their right to protest. Absolutely. Yeah. We stand with them. We will open <laughs> Really bad and off-key, too. Ooh, buddy. Hey, what happened with Diane Feinstein? Dude, she took a tumble. She fell. Again? Yeah, yeah. she fell again. I just saw a news blurb, Diane Feinstein. Okay, and yeah. they're saying some sort of emergency? Yeah, they, she had to be taken to the hospital to make sure that she was okay. She banged her head pretty good, apparently. Uh, but she's at home now. I mean, This lady needs to retire. I know that there are Republicans who say, no, she needs to be there because uh you know she exposes the democrats or whatever you know prevents them from doing certain things i i just think man her face tells you that she's lived a lifetime of evil and it's taken its toll on her seriously she looks like she looks like yeah, the old like it's, like the ghost in a haunted house movie it is something man but at the same when time you, just, I, you know live out the rest of your it, life in peace you go to a nursing home and you see people that obviously are very much older, but it's weird to say looking so much healthier oh, yeah. than she does. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sort of to your point. But it is this crazy thing. And when you just are talking with regular people, the question is usually how how are we in this situation? Well, and it's part of the way people vote. But the likes of Pelosi, Biden, Feinstein, I mean, dude. There have been reports about her and her mental fitness for the gig. This isn't just over the last 18 months. This goes back five, six years now, and it just gets progressively worse. Hmm. Well, but, it's sad. The charges would be brought against anyone else in this situation for, for elder abuse. Under what, though? I mean, but, I mean, if you were forcing someone in elderly capacity like her to do a job, they're completely... But I don't think they're forcing her to do it. I think, okay... And I, I'm well, not going to pretend to be a doctor. Okay, she's right. out of her mind, right? From all well, reports yes. that we've seen, is that yes. just common people language? She's out of her mind. Yes. Okay. There's no one close enough to her to say we can't do this yeah. anymore. Well, and and evil has taken root and manifested itself <laughs> into Diane Feinstein's face. So and you know what it sounds like in the early stages of that? What's that? We will <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, one of the nine wonders. Who said that? Oh, that was Joe Biden. He's wait a minute. Yeah. Nine wonders. Well, he's he's designated some of the land near the Grand Canyon as a national monument, and he was talking about the Grand Canyon yesterday. Okay, have you already heard this? Yeah, you have. I have. Okay, the Grand Canyon nine wonders. Okay, roll it. Go ahead. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, <laughs> wonders of the world. Literally, think of that. Oh, or, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> no, well, it is. But again, the Grand Canyon is seen as one of the world's seven natural wonders. But there are yeah. also seven wonders of the world. Right. Eight, if you count the Astrodome. <laughs> you grew up in Houston. You yeah. got to say that, right? right? Exactly. This is part yeah. of it. Well, what yeah. would the ninth one be then? Boy, that's a good question. That, what's well, Joe talking that, about? Then that was that was the Grand Canyon. Then I guess. Wow. Okay. Designated by Joe. Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. And what didn't he say? Earth. Did he say Earth? I think. <laughs> Roll it again. Now we got to Grand come Canyon, one of the Earth's Earth's nine yes. wonders. Wonders of the world. But when it comes to Biden, you're getting pretty, you know, nitpicky there. I yeah. Mean, that, if that, he's not calling on dead people, right? I mean, it's a win. Is he describing the way a dog sounds, or <laughs> <laughs> the Earth? Earth? Not. She whiz. Is it Earth? The Earth? Earth? It's it's Earth. it's actually a, a weird combination of of syllable or of sounds. It seems where it's not quite Earths. It's almost like Earths. It's really hard yeah. to do. I just think of it as ERS, Earth. Yeah, Earth. The Earth. <laughs> Either way, we're going to break it down. No one breaks it down like this show with Joe. Holy cow. I know. And you know what? We could get into all of him talking about the climate and we're at the forefront and the Weather Channel interview, all that nonsense. There's other stuff we got to get to. This is a wild one. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is a teacher being fired for, you won't believe what they said. Yeah, self-proclaimed black supremacist first-grade teacher in North Texas has been fired after libs of TikTok made her racist rants go viral. This is in uh, at Mesquite Independent School District. Um, the lady got really mad, apparently, because her sister was dating a white guy. This is common with people within families. Mm -hmm. uh, you just hear it. It's not talked about that much. But I've heard different tales of this, but she had said it. Um, Y'all already know why I'm having a bad day. Why is that? My sister is a cave dweller smasher. What? What? In my house. On this land? I just want to let y'all know. Hold on a second. She said what? My sister is a cave dweller smasher. Cave de smasher? dweller smasher. Oh. Boy. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the white guy right. is the cave dweller, and mm. Smasher is code for their the, that knocking yes. boots. Yeah. Going heels to Jesus and whatnot. Cave dweller <laughs> Smasher. 
Sounds like number seven. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't go smasher. Extra jalapenos, please. Yeah, please. Okay. I just want to let y'all know. Yeah. That I'm about to do everything in my power to f*** this relationship up. Okay. And it's going to be so fun and so satisfying to watch. She had also talked to her boyfriend about, like, killing the guy. And yeah, that was that was probably the point where the school district said, "Okay, uh, yeah. we're gonna have to fire this person." I, I think technically she resigned. Oh, but it was one of those things like, "Okay, we're yeah, we're, we're the the school district put out a a, a statement saying, yeah, they uh, she's gone. She's no longer affiliated with our school district. This is an elementary school teacher, a third grade, who's just openly doing uh, you know talking about white people as cave dwellers and whatnot." Mm-hmm. It is it is wild how comfortable she felt doing that. Yes, and putting it out there. I understand yeah. you put that out there on social media, and she goes by a different name on social media mm-hmm. than, you know, the name she teaches under. But still, I mean, people know who she is. Oh, yeah. And oh, then and then an yeah. evil person from Lips of TikTok puts it out there. Yeah. No, well, she put it out there. Exactly. Well, stop. It, I mean, stop with the nonsense about those guys doing it. They're not, they didn't create this. They're just amplifying That's the message you want out right. there. They, they, exactly. Well, They're helping you out, actually. She had also posted a message saying, yes, y'all found my job, but I still have it. You know, the employers told me to uh, to mm-hmm. calm down or whatever, and they laughed about the controversy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like grand opening, grand closing. She also posted a video of her in the school saying, yeah, I've still got a job. Not anymore. A, yeah, no, no, you can't do that. Although well, now the thing I'm, is, oh, go ahead. well, it's just. I always felt good about the different teachers my kids had through school. And also knowing that not every school is like that. And there are a ton of teachers out there like this. And part of the reason we know about it is libs of TikTok. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing what these people want to put out there. But that's what they do. Speaking of public school, David... This is wild, isn't it? Oh, I, I think it is really funny. We keep hearing that public schools are underfunded. They need more money. We especially heard that during the pandemic. Hey, we got to replace the HVAC systems and improve mm-hmm. ventilation and whatnot. And most of that money never went there. Huh, weird, huh? Yeah. Um, but they're really not underfunded. It's a question of priorities most of the time. How are you yes. spending the money? What are you doing with the money that is given to you? Um, overall, adjusted for inflation, school funding keeps growing every single year. It's, it's really striking when you look at the numbers uh, laid bare. Uh, and again, it's a matter of where districts are putting money and their resources. Now, Ed Choice did an interesting poll. They asked one question, but two different ways. So the first way they asked it was just generic. Do you believe public school funding in Texas is too low? And 55% said yes. Funding for public schools in Texas is too low. Mm -hmm. Then they asked, on average, Texas pays $10,000 per student attending public school each year. Do you believe that public school funding is too low? And it flips. 60% of all adults say, well, no, it's not too low. And among school parents, 65% said no. Right. So what does that tell you? It tells you that. And this is not actually going against any teacher at all but administrators and what what are they doing what are they expecting to do how are they spending the money that they get and just anecdotally 
I mean, I'll say I know somebody who is working in a charter school right now who had worked in public school or a traditional public school. Mm-hmm. And one of the striking differences is that the technology that's available in that in that school building is not it, there's not a lot of flash. The smart okay. boards, they have not, no, no smart boards, nothing like that. Right. Um, but everything works. And if you talk to a lot of teachers who have, whether it's smart boards, a bunch of iPads in the room, a lot of times they'll tell you the damn things never work. You know, there's always a problem with it, and there's almost never an IT person available to help fix it. So they wind up going unused. And so districts do spend a lot of money they don't need to spend. Okay, here's my thought. What I think it tells me is the brainwashing works. Oh, yeah. That people are constantly fed the message. Schools are underfunded. Fact check me on this if you could in real time, David. Okay. New York City, cost per student, isn't it like 16 or 17 grand? Isn't it something like that per student that is I think spent? I remember that as well, between 15 and 17. Somewhere in there? I mean, like the highest. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, at this point, do, uh, do, 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 as of April, uh, you're talking about now 37,000. Per, per student per K to twelve students wow. because of enrollment declines. Yes, oh, so it's been God. a huge increase, a forty-seven percent okay. increase right. since twenty sixteen as of last year. But you know, if you pulled people in New York, are the schools underfunded here? Absolutely. Yeah, they would say yes. Well, you've no, grown, they're not. You've grown to hear that narrative so often. You yes. just assume it's true. Yes. So I'm saying, man. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely one hundred percent right on that I mean, one. The, a, the brainwashing works. Yeah. Keep up with that message over and over and over. Um, okay, do you think, switching gears as far as what people believe, do you think overall people in the United States have a different idea of what homelessness is now than, say, 10 years ago? Yes. Yeah. Big I do, time. too. Big time. The, there was more sympathy toward people that were homeless 10 years ago, and now people yeah. are looking at it going, okay, we got a bunch of drug addicts. We got a bunch of people that want to be homeless. Not everybody. A crime. I mean, it, it, it's insane. Hurting people. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, you look at these different stores all across, you know, big cities where there's a homeless problem. What are you going to do? I mean, there's like a homeless encampment where your business is. Yeah. It's hard to keep a business alive when you can't call anybody because nobody will do anything no so did you hear what the 7-eleven in los angeles did i did they started playing africa from toto on loop to keep the homeless people away i thought it was an interesting choice (laughs) not a bad song no i don't think it's a bad song i was just like if you're gonna do that would like baby shark be more appropriate or you know i suppose yeah africa that's that's a weird choice but it was working apparently It, it was working and so there's this dude that goes out, and it was funny. What's his name? Damon Packard lives near the store. He was doing this whole thing on Facebook about it and made the video of saying, yeah, it's actually working. And here's part of what he recorded. Proof that the 7-Eleven is still playing Toto's Africa 24 hours a day. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay. No sound manipulation. All right, now here's the twist as he's recording this. This is the actual recorded audio. And another thing to note is that this 7-Eleven 
Oh, wait a minute. It just stopped. Yes, it's a big surprise. What? <laughs> I like that. What? That's strange. Yeah. That's the first time I've heard it stop. What is this? Oh, listen to this. That's bizarre. What they started doing was doing like this classical music, but just on for a couple seconds, oh. then off. <laughs> on. Oh, oh, that's okay. even worse. Yeah. Isn't that worse? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so we pick it Anyways, up. Anyways, what I was going to say is it's interesting to note that this 7 Eleven is usually filled up with insane homeless, but it's empty tonight. Oh, there it goes. There. Yep. Africa's back. <laughs> and then it starts again. Somehow playing this song has eradicated the homeless problem here. <laughs> and then it's back on Africa again. And you know, you got some people saying, this is cruelty. <laughs> no, you, you're trying to make sure your business can survive for crying out oh, loud. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. They need to Definitely. switch it up and use the Weezer cover one day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember them doing that. Mm -hmm. You see That's the guys right. at Toto going to the mailbox with big royalty checks there. They, <laughs> they don't even know why. LA. Yeah, right. Okay, crazy story. Not made up. David's got it. A massive pedophile ring has been uncovered. That and much more coming up right here. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, Dave Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. A massive pedophile ring has been uncovered. Yeah. What is the story, David? Hey, remember when the Sound of Freedom came out? The anti-child trafficking movie that tells us, yes. well, based on a true story of a guy breaking up child trafficking operations. And liberal media just went nuts about it, saying it was QAnon and all this nonsense. Like, to well, we all know trafficking happens, but it's not that big of a deal. See the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was, it we was saw really it. It's weird. It's terrible. Well, authorities in the U.S. and Australia working together arrested nearly 100 people yesterday in connection to a suspected pedophile ring that was uncovered after two FBI agents were killed while investigating a child abuser. Wow. Total of 79 people were arrested in the U.S. Another 19 were, were caught in Australia. Uh, that's according to the FBI and the Australian Federal Police uh, in a joint press conference uh, that happened yesterday. The investigation also produced 65 indictments, 43 convictions in the U.S. 13 children have been rescued by investigators. Wasn't that also part of the narrative when that movie came out from left media? Well, it's, they're overblowing it, saying how much it happens in the United States. No, no, it, it does happen. And yes. in fact, what, what really led them to this bust was a guy in Florida was being investigated for having child abuse materials. Uh, two FBI agents went to go knock on his door, and he shot him through the door. Jeez. Um, and so then, then it was like, okay, now it's on. Let's figure out what was going on here. Um, and so he was part of this international peer-to-peer -peer network with other offenders committing offenses for over a decade. Okay, I'm just asking the question because I did not see it either. Good morning, America. I didn't see it, CBS. Uh, today's show? I didn't see this covered. Oh, no. No. Why? No. Are you going to tell me the audience doesn't want to know about that? Yeah. Uh, no, of course the audience wants to know about it. And I, I, within my lifetime, I, I can imagine or, or, or picture, you know, mainstream outlets picking that up as this, like, great news story that, that yes. these monsters have been brought to justice. Absolutely. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why again, do they not cover it? Again, it's it's kind of weird for all these people in media to be like, how can anyone believe QAnon? And then they do things that well bolster QAnon claims. Absolutely. About, like. Why are you so eager to protect child sex traffickers? I don't understand. Exactly. It makes no sense. Yeah, I'm with you, man, 100%. Kind of crazy. Man, tragic story out of Italy. I don't know if you saw this. An Italian cheesemaker died the other day, was crushed by thousands of rounds of Mm. cheese. Like Padano cheese in the aging room of his factory in northern Italy. If, If cheese fell on him? Yes. Well, it, to explain it, and his name is Giacomo Chiaparini, mm-hmm. was 74. He had entered the aging room to check the automatic robot used to clean the cheese rounds during the aging process in this warehouse. Um, apparently, there were 10 like corridors of floor-to-ceiling shelves with approximately, what was it, 1,600 rounds per corridor? And there was a collapse. It was like a domino effect. It fell on him. And that's how he died. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, if you're the family, is it one of those things you're mm-hmm. trying to find some sort of lining to say he died doing what he loved? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can think about suing the manufacturers of the, the shelving. You can get some cheddar. Yeah! Oh, my God. I was going to suggest. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Wow. Yeah. I disavow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was for the greater Gouda. Yeah! Oh. Okay. All right. You're uncomfortable, Robbins. I can tell. Uh, I, the only thing I can think about is common sense cheese laws. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Biggest story of the day, David. Nah, we're not going to be recovering anytime soon here. Dang. If if you're the praying type, please pray for my soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pray for all of us right now. Oh, man. Slip a Gouda line in there, though. Kind of like the cheese. Those jokes won't age well. (laughs) News update next. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. The Millennial. That's David Van Camp. And then there's the Sexy Boomer. And the Texas hat. That's Scott Robbins. Yep, just kind of uh, jumping on as many bandwagon as possible. Uh, New year, same story. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Washington Post is full of crap. I think we already know that. Yeah. But it's always fun to see proof of it. Well, well, yeah, so you've got the uh, uh, Washington Post fact checker, Glenn Kessler. He mm-hmm. does the, you know, it's the four Pinocchios or whatever. Um, that tell you that this is a like total pants on fire lie that somebody told. So initially, this has to do with um, the Hunter Biden laptop story and tales of the Biden Burisma story. Now, the original article by Glenn Kessler was published the same day as the New York Post pre-election scoop that showed that Joe Biden had attended a 2015 dinner with a top executive of a Ukrainian energy firm, Burisma, which was paying his son a bunch of money while Joe Biden was vice president and Joe Biden was actually working with the Ukrainian government ostensibly to get rid of corruption. And so initially they said, well, we're we're going to go ahead and say that that's not true because Joe Biden's campaign said Biden wasn't at that dinner. He wasn't at that meeting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then they updated it a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> and what's great about this is it's updated. It's not corrected. No, it's updated. Uh, the revised June 2021 version alleged is no longer in the headline that, you know, Hunter Biden's alleged laptop or whatever. It's been updated, not corrected again. And then it got updated again that said, oh, by the way, yeah, uh, a tentative guest list shows that, uh, yeah, Joe Biden was actually there. Jeez. But again, you're not actually publishing right. it again and saying, oh, wait, this was actually wrong in the, because democracy dies in darkness, which is what's <laughs> on the masthead of the Washington Post. We're going to tell you that uh, the Biden campaign lied to us when they said he wasn't at this meeting. Well, no, he was at that meeting. Yes, he was. And so frustrating. And I understand this point, too. There are voters, say Democratic voters, they don't care mm-hmm. whether, you know, Biden is guilty of corruption and benefited from these relationships through his son, whatever. They'd still vote for him because they want the policies and then orange man bad, whatever. I understand that. Like we've said so many times, there are people that their vote could go either way. And that last election was so influenced by so many things. And there were people for years that trusted the Washington Post or the New York Times. They knew it was slanted, but they thought they were honest organizations. That's blown apart. And it's a good thing that we know exactly where it's at. Oh, yeah. You know what, man? I just watched part of this last night, and I don't know. I had missed it last November, called the Monk Debates. And it was all about legacy media and mainstream media. And it was Douglas Murray and Matt Taibbi, who used to be with Rolling Stone, debating Malcolm Gladwell, the author, and journalist Michelle Goldberg about whether or not you could trust mainstream media. Mm. When Douglas Murray brought up the Hunter Biden laptop, Malcolm Gladwell and Michelle Goldberg started laughing. Oh, we knew you'd bring this up. Oh, like, it's such a joke that you're still fixated on this laptop oh. from... Dude, it's unbelievable. And now watching it from last November, they've got to feel like complete dopes. Yeah. They have to. Well, they're, they're shameless hacks. That's the problem. I mean... Yes. And, and yeah, I mean, on the political front, at least, that was the biggest political story of the whole cycle. Yes. There's Hands no doubt down. about it. There, that was the biggest one. And then the second biggest story was the fact that it was covered up. Yes. I mean, when you have NPR saying, this is why we're not reporting on this. When you have CBS's Leslie Stahl saying with a straight oh, yeah. face, we can't report on that. This is 60 minutes. We're, we can't be verified. Yeah. Because they didn't do the job. That's what Matt Taibbi was right. saying in this debate. No one calls these people. There was one person that was... A big part of the story. He's a the numbers public. No, two reporters called him. Yeah, because you don't want to know the story because it doesn't fit the narrative, and that's just the truth of it. And you just hope more and more people wake up to that. This is sixty minutes. Oh, that's right. Oh, how dumb of me to assume that you're taking a side. Right. See, that's weird. I don't know whatever possessed me. You're sixty minutes. Unreal, man. Shut up. Okay, moving on. Um. David, you got a piece of audio, and I've been looking forward to hearing this. I didn't want to hear it until we actually just heard it live on the show. But please set this up. All right. So PragerU did a hilarious social experiment. Uh, They went to ultra-liberal West Hollywood 
and asked people about whether or not sex change operations for kids should be allowed. Then they asked the same questions to people in Compton. <laughs> oh, wow. This is cool. I haven't heard this. Here are some cow. of the answers from West Hollywood. All right. Roll it. They should if, if that's something that they want to do, you know? I think it's important. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we should. Other people shouldn't be legislating around that. It all should be around whether someone wants to do it themselves or not. How young is too young to transition? I mean, it depends on the person, I guess. When someone is 100% sure about that. I don't think there's a too young. Wow. Yeah. Well, then yeah. here's here's Compton. Okay. Yeah. Should we be allowing sex change operations for children? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. 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 <laughs> no. Fucking no. 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 Fucking no. We shouldn't even do it for grown men. They're not old enough to make that decision yet. Shouldn't even do it for grown men. Do it for grown men. They're not old enough to make that decision yet. Bro, and it just don't even make no sense, bro. And save these kids, bro. Save these kids, bro. They shouldn't even be asked these questions. Like, that should not be their priority. It's sick. So, me, personally, my kids, no. They can't make their decision to drink. They can't make their decision to not to go to school. They can't make their decision to do anything else. How can they make a decision to change their sex? Right. I think that's crazy. I know it's crazy. You know what I mean? Jail, child abuse, CPS, call them all. <laughs> call, call them all. all. <laughs> call them all. <laughs> call them all. You know, Heck yes. You no, know, one of the key differences, I think, is, is, is who has the most amount of downtime to think about these things? Who lives in the real world? Mm -hmm. And then also, who has kids or knows somebody with kids? Because I'm guessing a lot of these West Hollywood liberals don't have a lot of kids. Your last point and is vital, I yeah. think. Yes. And so, I mean, you've yes. got you know young women, obviously, in here, young men. I don't know if they have kids, but they certainly know somebody who has kids. And they know what a family is. And they know that kids are, well, they have to learn a lot of things as they grow up because they don't come out smart. You know, they, you get, you have to raise them. They can't make big, life-changing decisions as, as at a young age. By the way, man, talking about who believes in this kind of BS, did anyone hear about the Dr. Jordan Peterson tweet that was controversial when talking about this sort of thing? Didn't hear about it? No, no. I did not. He... He tweeted out, our research indicated that the strongest predictor of politically correct authoritarianism was, in fact, lower verbal intelligence, then being female, third, having a feminine temperament, fourth, having ever taken a politically correct course in college, and it's in that order. Mm -hmm. You're more susceptible to the BS, and people can rant and rave. That's just what the research showed them. Is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I some think, people are easy to easier to brainwash and to dupe. I think that's one of the reasons why the arguments are so circular in the in this particular subject and the in the whole trans ideology thing. You just wind up going round and round in circles with these people, over and over again. Yes, um, and it's because they really don't think critically about it. They have a feeling, and mm -hmm. they just regurgitate what they've been told that affirms that feeling. Yes. That's why when you see a debate, 
there are certain people on the left that when they debate, it keeps going back to feelings, and the, and the facts don't matter. Mm-hmm. It, and it's almost frustrating to watch. I also think there's peer pressure applied oh, definitely. To, yeah. to think like yeah. we think or not be a part of the cool kids club. Sure. And in order to, and that's, that goes for adults as well. In order to gain admission, you must think like we think. Mm-hmm. And so you start to question your own gut feeling and thoughts, and you just go along with it. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Because it's acceptable. Yes. And I get invited to cool parties and get to hang out with cool people. And, you know, it's... Where are the cool people? Because I don't hear them. <laughs> no, I, I, but you, Especially heard, you, that first you heard the, the West Hollywood elite. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're Would you ever want to hang out with those guys? I don't want to, but I, I, yeah, I'd rather go to Compton and hang out with those guys. They're Absolutely. Straight shooters there. But no, I mean, I just think there is an amount of social pressure attached to it. Oh, I agree. You know, so that's part of it as well. I agree. Okay, different story. Wanted to bring this up. Saw this in the New York Post. Did you all hear about the woman fired after this company used keystroke technology to monitor her work from home? Uh-oh. When I first saw this story, I thought of Robin's. like, okay, this is a good argument as far as Robin's saying. People need to be in the office. Yeah, they do. Well, and I would always say, hey, if you get your job done, you get your job done. Yeah. But this case, this major insurance company said, hey, we don't think you're working the way you say you're working. And so this woman, Susie, is it Chaco, uh, was fired. And it says for a valid reason of misconduct. So cut to the chase, said, okay, she had been working from home. She said she had had some mental health issues and that they just wanted to fire her. And that's what they ended up doing. Uh, But the company said, no, we had this keystroke technology to figure out how much you were actually working. So they knew how much she pressed her keyboard on 49 working days from last October to December. And they found out that uh, she started late on 47 days. On four days, she didn't touch the keyboard at all. Wow. Or very little for 44 other days. Very low keystroke activity. And recorded zero strokes again over 117 hours in October. 143 hours in November, 60 hours in December, and that's part of her gig. Yeah. There's no way to lie through that. Nope. Did you know there was such a thing? Yeah. Stroke activity? remember people talking about that or monitoring what you were doing on company time on the Internet. Yes. And and it's like I I get kind of back and forth. It depends on how that system is put in place. If it's on my personal computer, hell no. I'm not giving my company access. Oh, no. Um, but if it's a work-issued computer and you're supposed to be working from home, then, they, yeah, I mean, they got to have some way of keeping tabs on you. Yeah, I suppose so. Can man. you just randomly just punch a bunch of keys to well, make it look like you're doing something? I was going to say, get some gerbils and leave yeah, your I keyboard just, in I the just thought the same thing. Cage. Wouldn't this be easily remedied for those who don't really want to work? Well, it's kind of like what you do on the control board there when something's not firing right. You just hit multiple buttons. Just keep hitting something until it <laughs> fires, right? Till it works. Oh, can you imagine if they installed that here and they actually knew what buttons you hit? <laughs> oh. oh, man, that oh. would be a bad day for you. I'd yeah. be sitting where you are and you'd be sitting where I am tomorrow. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we have time, David? We may have to. I want to make sure we have yeah, time well, we... for you have a story about a feisty monkey. Yeah. you don't want to sell that short no no okay so we want to get to the story on the feisty monkey and also mayor of city found 
found a bunch of cocaine. Oh, yeah, right. You want to hear that story? Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, who's the mayor that, quote, found a bunch of cocaine? Yeah, the mayor of Tampa, uh, <laughs> former uh, police chief, by the way, uh, Jane Castor, was out fishing with the family. Yeah. And apparently found a few bricks of cocaine floating in the water. Wow. And she says, well, yeah, obviously I, I took it out. I saw what it was. I marked the location of where it was on the GPS. And I got on shore, called the police, called the authorities, made sure that they were able to log all of this. And I'm just saying that maybe the White House can find uh, a different excuse for why they found cocaine in the White House. Someone was fishing. Uh, or had just come back from a fishing trip. Right. That's what happened. It fell out of the galoshes. <laughs> what lure do you use to catch cocaine? <laughs> Hunter Biden and a $20 bill. <laughs> you know, the new reporting is uh, Joe knows who it was, and it was an associate, but they're saying it wasn't Hunter's, mm-hmm. but it was someone within the Biden family sphere. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Hunter's drug dealer. Could be. You don't know. Business associate, David. Come on. (laughs) I can't take it. we got to get to the feisty monkey. What is the story with a feisty monkey? So police were called to a home on the south side of Houston uh, earlier this week after a report of a loose monkey that had bitten someone. Apparently, uh, the monkey was somebody's pet. It got out and had bitten a neighbor. The cops got called, and it took nearly an hour to get the monkey captured because it was hanging out in the undercarriage of a truck. Dang. And it was mad. That monkey was ticked. Apparently it had some. It, I don't know if it got hit by somebody who was who was trying to defend themselves from the feisty monkey. But this is uh, Officer Jesse Rodriguez, who is really trying his best to stay professional. I'll say okay. that during a press conference about he was uh, first on the scene. Okay. Um, well, we find some people that point us to a monkey, and we go into the truck, and there is a monkey hanging from uh, the axles of the truck. Um, he looked pretty beat up. And after that, we uh, we pretty much requested the resources that he needed to get better help, obviously. Because we don't know much about stuff like that, but we called the resources to uh, give him the help he needs. I don't know how monkey, they like scream a little bit. He had like little screams. Oh yeah. Um, but he, he, was, he was fine. You could tell that he's just glad that uh, he was there to help him. What? <laughs> That's a hell of a day at work, isn't it? <laughs> we don't have the kind of scream, you know. Yeah. New in the Marvel universe, feisty monkey. <laughs> it's like, are you going to get that monkey? You imagine your partner? You get him. I'm not getting him. We need resources here. No way. I'm not doing that. Call animal control. They know what to do. Where's cousin Eddie? He usually eats these damn things. <laughs> He doesn't have the pox, does he? I'm not getting near him. Right, yeah. We're no part of that. Forget it. Was he smoking a cigarette, too? (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. A monkey looks cooler when he's smoking a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) See those posters? (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. One of the big stories of the day, the House GOP has released the Biden family bank records. Mm-hmm. You're looking at $20 million. <laughs> Jeez. From Russian and Kazakhstan oligarchs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've known about this for a while. You've seen the dribs and drabs coming out, and now it's released out. And then will media pay attention? Mm. We no. shall see. No, I don't think so. Because I, I, I don't think it's time yet. Meaning? Meaning I think there is going to be a point where, they, where again, enough things come out about Joe Biden that they're still giving Joe Biden a chance to resign, saying that, oh, my gosh, I've got dementia or whatever. But they're just sending out warning shots to Joe. Hey, by the way, we found your classified documents that you kept from when you were vice president. Hey, by the way, we're finding more and more whistleblowers talking about how certain investigations were hamstrung. Oh, by the way, there's a little bit more information about banking records and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I do believe that there are people within the intelligence community, within the whatever you want to call it, the deep state, federal law enforcement, whatever, who are sort of sending those messages to Joe. You can't run again because we don't want Trump. We don't want DeSantis. We're going to try to put our finger on the scale as well uh, with this time. And so they're giving him options right now. But the moment the go order is sent that, all right, fine, we tried it. We tried being nice. Now the gloves are off. That's the moment the media turns on him. Yeah, because it does seem like different points in time that the media does start to turn on him, and then it goes mm-hmm. back. And we'll see how CBS well, handles this along with the rest of the media. There's always a new shiny object from Trump, too, that yeah. can chase. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's kind of the way this whole thing's rolled out. I'm, I'm interested because of all these LLCs. I mean, do you have debit cards for all of them? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's nothing Hunter, that's easy to track, right? When when Hunter goes to, to the ATM though to get cash for blowing hookers, I mean, he certainly doesn't use the debit card, does he? On that, because there'd be a well digital trend. I mean, as he, a, well, yeah, that was part of a business expense. Yeah, he did actually write that off on his taxes. Yeah. So, not as incredibly like what, bright. A bowling with a client. No, he wrote off a, a membership to a sex club as as like a golf course or something like that. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah. That was the day I was saying, all right, limit the golf jokes. Yeah. Yeah. No anything. Boy, about a 10 of them just popped up in my head right now. <laughs> yeah. They all involve the same thing, too, by the way. Of course they do. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. And let's just get to the CNN story because you said – you know, a couple of minutes ago, before we came back on, David, I can't believe CNN, yeah. what they're doing. So Go ahead and tell me. I, I've been waiting for this. So I, I wasn't even going to bring the, the story up because I, I don't I, I think it's just kind of a crazy fight. But media is hell bent on making this a big deal, uh, a fight at a at a uh, what a, at a boat dock or something in Montgomery, yeah. Alabama. Yes. And it happened to be between a white guy and a black guy. Or yes. A couple of white guys, a couple of black guys start fighting. Uh, one of the white guys has been arrested, by the way. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's an ugly scene. But, of course, because it's a white guy punching a black guy, it and has a couple to other white guys get involved and they start pounding on this dude. Yeah. Yes. No, nobody knows anything about it, but they immediately jump to, well, this is like, this is all about race. And then I see this clip 
from CNN where they were covering this. Why is this story so big? Why is this captured the attention of the nation? It now, hasn't captured the attention no, of the nation. No. Sarah, Sarah Seidner on CNN, who, by the way, last week said this. I don't have a base. I'm a journalist. I don't have a base Democrat or Republican. I understand, ma'am. You work for CNN, but let's be honest. If you work for Fox, it'd be the right wing and you all are the left wing. And I get We're it. Not, it's politics. I'm not. It's usual, ma'am. You don't okay. know my politics, yeah, sir. You nobody, really don't know my politics. Believes. Yeah, okay. We don't know your politics. Here's how she decided to cover the Alabama boat brawl. All right. Social media is on fire with commentary. Why is a story about a fight on a boat dock in a small American town creating all this reaction? It has a lot to do with many black and brown folks feeling like they're under attack in different ways right now. From Time whitewashing out. Time American out right history. There. I'm sorry, I can't hold it. No, it's happening because people like you fan the flames trying to get people to hate one another. Do you ever do anything to unite people? No, it's always trying to divide people and get people to pick sides what you do is evil you watch the media play any one of these stories and the way they try to gen up emotion in people are they going to talk about how races come together and work together ever no they don't but you got to fight with what appeared to me to be some drunk dudes and a guy you know they were saying you can't park the boat here, and it ends up to be what it is, and this is how the media reacts. It's terrible. Yeah. But, but I still don't know her politics. I'm still no, oh, yeah. quizzically she's looking a, at her. She's mm. a journalist. She right, doesn't exactly. have a side. She doesn't I have know. a base. From okay. whitewashing American history in Florida to a famous country oh, singer gosh. using imagery of black protesters, warning them what would happen if they did go. that in a small town, to the go. hopelessness of crime affecting black communities and this latest slight, just today, these are Donald Crime Trump's words. Hold on. Yeah. Affecting black communities. Yeah, what the, did I miss about that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of... I, I think she's saying that the crime that's affecting a lot of black communities is making all black people feel like they're under attack. But From white people? That's not... why. I mean, again, if you want to have the conversation, let's have the conversation. Who's killing yeah, the most young it. black men in places like Chicago... And 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 uh, Baltimore, New York, L.A., wherever, it's usually young black men as well. Absolutely. Yeah, those are just facts. Yeah. Okay, go on with this garbage. And, and this is like the coup de grace right here. To the All hopelessness right. of crime affecting black communities and this latest slight just today. These are Donald Trump's words on the campaign trail and about the black female D.A. in Georgia. They say there's a young woman... Uh... A young racist in Atlanta, a racist, and this is a person that wants to indict me. She's got a lot of problems. It is hard to fight against all of that. But in this case, black people in particular showed up for each other. Oh, my gosh. So, so apparently it's Donald Trump's fault that some drunk guy tried to beat the hell out of a dock worker in Montgomery, Alabama. Yep. That's what these people do. It, all, roads, all roads lead back to Trump. It, they all do. Yeah, it, none of it makes sense, and everything that no. she said was a lie there when she says, yeah, Jason Aldean has a song where it's highlighting black protesters. No, 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 no. Stop nope. it with that. It's no. rioting. It's rioting that, it, that that song is about. I don't even like Jason Aldean, and you people are making me defend him. I know. People in the media. Now, this is disgusting. By the way, I'm just asking, because I think when you and I talked about it the other day, David, I'm like, you know, if this becomes a thing, we can talk about it. 
like I said, it looked like some drunk dudes getting into it with somebody from law enforcement who happened to be black, and then it escalated. Okay. Did you guys see the video of the one guy then later? Because everything gets calmed down at one point. But then some other guys who happen to be black come back to the white boaters, and that's when it really got out of hand. And did you see the dude with the chair? Anybody seen that video? No. You know why? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Because it's a black man beating a white dude over the head with a chair, and yeah. then he hits a white woman over the head with the chair. Yeah. Now you flip it for one second and imagine a white guy hitting a black woman over the head with a chair. Imagine the coverage of that oh, dude. right now. Yeah. It'd be crazy. The media is disgusting. News media is absolutely freaking disgusting the way they're tearing the country apart. Any opportunity they get to separate people, that's what they're doing. Bring facts out there. They won't do it. And they get hacks like this woman. Well, it'd be different if CNN was doing it for ratings. <laughs> there aren't any ratings. Doesn't matter. No, it's, there aren't any. Wow. Well, that lived up to the billing is disgusting, David. Mm. Yeah, sure did. No doubt about that. Okay, meanwhile, do you want to do this, too? You already had planned to do this. Dana Bash lies, of course. Oh, gosh. Th oh, yeah. It's Wednesday. This the, one the, is really something. Yeah, it's pretty funny here. So uh, the debate on abortion, I guess, continues because Ron DeSantis was asked on M NBC, uh, would you support a federal abortion ban? And he says, well, no, I think generally this needs to be left up to the states. However, yeah. I also do believe that we shouldn't foster or encourage abortion on demand up to the moment of birth. And, of course, the Dasha Burns was the reporter in that case who said, nobody's talking about that. They are talking about it, and there are plenty of examples of states actually enacting such laws. Yes. Uh, Dana Bash, though, on CNN uh, reacted to this and said that, well, d d Democrats don't want abortion on demand at all times throughout right. pregnancy. Nobody's saying that. Listen to the way she phrases this. It's funny. Okay. I have not talked to a Democrat who wants abortion on demand till time of birth, but we're going to have to leave it there. We have a lot more to talk about next time. Townhall.com found this gem just from last year of the very same Dana Bash. Okay. Your fellow Democrat running for Senate in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, has said that he uh, does not believe that there should be government limits on abortion at all. <laughs> she doesn't know anybody. Never heard of it. I mean, yeah, no I've Democrats never ever even does. said it. Is she smart enough to realize it's the same thing? Yeah. I'm asking the question. You're either dumb or a liar. No. Yeah. It's one or the other. I guess we could say liar because that's what they do on that network, I guess. Okay. Um, there's so much more to get to. We got oil slicks on the windshield, according to the president. Again? Yes. Yeah. With the windshield? Okay. Yeah. Do yeah, we need to get... Oh, and Ron DeSantis, that racist, he threw out another woke prosecutor, person of color. Oh, no. No, I'm glad he did. Get to that as well. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Yeah, a lot going on. And we got oil slicks on the windshield. <laughs> Our pets' That's heads are falling off. off. I knew that was coming. Golly. Haven't we gone through this slicks on the windshield stuff oh, before? Yeah. 
with well, Joe? Well, yeah, Joe Biden was doing an interview with the Weather Channel uh, about climate change and said, and was asked about climate justice because uh, apparently climate change is hardest on black and brown Americans. That's what we're told. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we got climate justice? Uh, yeah. All right. What is your administration doing to address environmental justice? 40% of all the funding is going to go to those people. Look, I was raised in a town called Claymont, Delaware. Okay. When you got up in the morning, my mother would drive us to the little Catholic school we went to about three-quarters of a mile up the Philadelphia Pike. The first day of frost, okay. the turn of the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Higher cancer rates than almost anywhere in America. I understand what these frontline communities are going through. Route 9 in Delaware, the same thing. Look what's going on in Louisiana. So we're focusing on those areas to get the help first. First, first. Yeah. And 40% of it's going to go to them. What? That That's not... That's not climate change, though. I mean, there are areas of the country. Well, one, the oil slick on the windshield makes no sense. No, no. that didn't happen. Never has. Um, but as far as, like, increased cancer rates near uh, manufacturing facilities or, or oil and gas production facilities, sure, that, that's been documented, and that has to do with wastewater removal and, 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 uh, and just general waste removal problems. And, and a lot of these companies in the 70s or, or, you know, several decades ago lying about what was going into the groundwater or not paying attention to it. But that's not climate change. That has nothing to do with, with a... Yeah, but it's all part of the narrative. <laughs> Need to help folks. It was bad, and we're there to help. That's right. They can't do it on their own. It's like parents, they don't know what the heck they're doing. They need help. Right. And that's what we need, social workers, and that's all part of climate justice. Blah, blah, blah. None of it makes sense. All right, I did see this story made sense to me. Ron DeSantis announced, well, it was this morning, he has suspended Monique Worrell, uh-oh, state attorney for the Ninth Judicial Circuit for dereliction of duty and incompetence. What? Why is that? Well... Worrell, who was backed by a group tied to George Soros, has allowed murderers, other violent offenders, and dangerous drug traffickers to receive extremely reduced sentences and escape the full consequences of their criminal conduct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before, you know, you get the whole narrative, Ron DeSantis is racist, doesn't like people of color, like Monique Worrell kicked her out of her job. Okay, Here's some of the examples of the more egregious results of this person's policies and practices. Um, well, just this last weekend, Worrell was at the center of a major controversy. A person named Dayton Veal was arrested in March 2023 this year for sexual battery on a minor, as well as lewd molestation. That arrest was made while this person was on probation for another offense. Mm. That probation began in February of this year. That person was let out on bond and thereafter shot two Orlando police officers. Maybe you heard about that story. Yeah. Then there was uh, November 2022, 17-year-old Lorenzo Larry shot and killed his pregnant girlfriend, DeShayla Ferguson. Larry had previously been arrested in 2022 on several charges, including carrying a concealed firearm, possession of a firearm on school property, and criminal possession of a firearm by a minor. But he was released after all these arrests. 
because of Donald Trump. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, Worrell's office did not act on any of these charges until after he killed his girlfriend and their unborn child. That's another reason why this person got fired from DeSantis. Uh, February this year, 19-year-old Keith Moses shot and killed a cameraman and a 9-year-old girl. Remember that story? Had a long history of arrests as a juvenile, including aggravated battery, assault, and grand theft. As recently as November 2021, he was arrested for drug possession, but no charges pursued. Why? Mm. I can keep going if you want. Uh, well, mm. I think we see dereliction of duty at big red yeah. circles around that. It's, yeah. it's funny how much outcry there is because it's Ron DeSantis, whereas in, in Missouri, they were trying to oust the St. Louis County prosecutor for yeah. the same reasons. Nobody really got upset because, well, the leadership in Missouri is not running for president. You're absolutely right about that. That's the difference. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Is there the biggest story of the day or is there a couple? There's just a lot. It's almost like a what did we learn today kind of thing. You know, you've yeah. got uh, the House GOP releasing bank records on Hunter Biden, pay, Biden payments from Russia, Kazakhstan. Uh, you're talking about $20 million being funneled to the Biden family. Yep. While Joe Biden was vice president. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are against the rules, kids. Yeah, yeah, you're not really supposed to be involved in any of that. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, the Grand Canyon is one of the nine wonders of the world. Um, mm-hmm. There are nine wonders of the world, and the no, Grand Canyon not. is no, apparently not. one of them, according there's to Joe not. Biden. <laughs> That's Joe Biden's truth. Yeah. And he chooses truth over facts, remember? Sure he does. <laughs> Scott Robbins, trifecta in the news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in just a few. News update, David Van Camp. Well, gas prices on the rise again, and uh, looks like we're not going to be able to uh, tap into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, all that much more or all that much longer without getting into serious dire straits. Uh, but uh, Joe Biden is now saying once again that he wanted to stop all drilling for oil in the United States. Um, now, it's really interesting because when they hit record highs last year, the Biden administration was saying, no, 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 he's in favor of producing oil and, and gas. And he wants that. He, he wants that. We, we right. just want to supplement it and transition away. Well, Joe Biden just old yellered that entire argument here in the interview with the Weather Channel. Uh, here's the question and his answer. Uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overruled me. The court said I couldn't do it. I wanted to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. But I, got, I lost in court. But we're still pushing. We're still pushing really very hard. Look, the alternative is you get... Everything is better as we, we, we have, the private sector's coming off the sidelines. They've invested $250 billion in alternative energy. Wow. Well, one, that, that's another great example of the needle skipping the groove there. It sure is. <laughs> but, yeah, he's trying to remember talking points. Yeah. It's what it seems like you anyway. You know, they always just throw out dollar amounts, too. Yeah. I don't well, know. $250 billion. Really? Okay. And, and with renewables, again, oil and gas companies have been pumping tons of money yeah. into that in the last couple of decades. One, because you've had a bipartisan 
uh, support for tax credits for doing that, for finding mm -hmm. uh, viable renewable energy sources, but also because, and I've brought this point up uh, a bunch of times, the first company that can find a truly uh, uh, renewable source of energy that can compete with the efficiency of petroleum or, or natural gas yeah. will be the single richest company that has ever existed in human history. Yeah, they want to know how to do it. But when? Right. Is the question. And, and nobody's been able to crack the code really yet. But they keep playing on like electric vehicles. That's the answer. It's not the answer. No, heck no, it's not. I mean, you get people that know, and you're talking about environmental people. You're talking everything that it takes to make an electric vehicle move. That's not good for the environment. It's worse than fossil fuels in a lot of different ways. Of course, that doesn't get talked about. That's not part of the agenda. Yeah. By the way, totally, well, not totally off topic, but just asking the question. There's getting to be more and more talk about the Tesla truck that's going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just asking opinion. Do you think it will do well? Because if you haven't seen the truck, it looks like a DeLorean, but with a bed. Yeah. A car from Back to the Future. And I keep thinking to myself, maybe it's cool once you drive it, that sort of thing. But just the look and everything else. And I know a lot of truck people. That doesn't seem like it's going to fly. No. But what do I know? Well, I mean, it's definitely a truck for people who don't need to use a truck. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they don't need it for anything. No, just for looks. That, that's really That's it. well said. You so, know, here, can, can I ask you a question? Somebody asked me this the other day. I don't think we've got enough evidence to know what the resale value of some of these electric cars are going to be. Like when it's time to trade it in and get something yeah, else. Right now, it's kind of hard to tell. I know it is. Because and I, I just, the resale market is so crazy. Right, with, mm -hmm. I mean, the prices for used cars are so nuts. And, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to tell. I I think at least again you're right. You don't have enough really no, body enough evidence. evidence. I think so far they kind of hold their value pretty well, but so does a, a so do my F one fifty. I actually just got it appraised, and I mean, one of the major uh, car dealerships they'll they'll buy it for eighteen grand. You <laughs> thought about it. And it's, I did think about it. Yeah, it's it was a borrow on the equity you've built, and it's a twenty sixteen. You know, I mean, yeah. Do we I have mean, any I, I, influence of talking you out of that? Just curious. No, actually, it was. I found a really, and you know, I wish I could give him a free plug. I'm not going to, but um, there was a really good used car salesman actually who walked mm -hmm. me through all of that and with what I owe versus yeah. what I could get out of the. And it's like you got a good interest rate on it. You you know, yeah. it, it's it's going to hold its value because trucks hold their value forever and yeah. for a long time. So. He goes, if I'm in your situation, you don't know that much left on it, and I just keep it. So not me saying, dude, you really don't want to, and in the end, <clears> you're going to be in something else, and how much money are you going to save? Yeah, yeah, forget Markley. But this guy I don't know from the used car place. He made sense to me. <laughs> well, he did. You know, I, I was thinking, well, if I can get my, – my payments aren't aren't high at all. It's a couple hundred bucks. So yeah, pretty good for, you know, for what – I've never had a guy talk me out of buying a car. I know. <laughs> That's it was, interesting. I really yeah. appreciated it. Yeah. It's you know, nice I truck, can't man. feed my family this month, but you shouldn't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you ready for your big three, Yeah, Scott? let's go. All right, here we go. Are you ready? One, One two, three. Look at my shoe. Oh.
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. You think he's ready to go? Hey, yes. Casey. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, no evidence supporting COVID booster shots, you're telling me. This is interesting. Uh, President Joe Biden's administration is now conceding that there is zero scientific evidence to support an apparent recommendation to receive as many as six COVID-19 booster shots in a year. After Health Secretary uh, Xavier Bacaria. Javier Bacaria. I'm I'm playing And Becerra, but yeah. uh, Biden appointee wrote in a social media post, on November 29th, that people should get vaccinated if it's been over two months since your last one. Well, the Functional Government Institute filed the Freedom of Information Act last and requested the documents supporting the statements. Hey, you're out here saying this. Where's your support? Well, the administration, <laughs> the administration did not comply with the request and haven't yet. So now they're walking it back saying, well, yeah, six is probably not, not accurate. Six. Oh my goodness! You're just gonna walk around the countdown. with like an IV drip. You know, eventually we'll be, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll have wheels. We just push them in front of us. This guy Robin trifecta top three of the day. Two. Number two, home buyer confidence. It's a new low. Yeah, eighty percent of Americans think it's a bad time to buy a house. This, is according to Fannie Mae, survey released uh, yeah, Monday, found eighty-two percent say it's a bad time to buy a house, compared to seventy-eight percent last month. The monthly survey that was launched in 2010 tracks the attitudes conducted by telephone. A thousand American adults who make financial decisions. They say now's not the time uh, because of interest rates and because of the uncertain economy. They're not interested in buying it. So another win in the Biden administration column. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just saw something about this uh, earlier today where the gap between the cost to own versus the cost to rent not only has flipped, but now it, the gap is wider than it has been ever yeah. since they started tracking it, that it's way more expensive to buy a house right now than it is to rent a place. Yeah. Between it interest completely rates, flipped, you're right. Yeah. And, and, you know, depending on where you live, if you live in a, in a red state where a bunch of people have been moving to, uh-huh. well, the inventory is still pretty low, and you're, you, you're going to get outbid. And so there's just not really, yeah, I mean for the starter home or whatever, I'm glad that I'm not in a position where I'm buying my first house now like I was four and a half years ago. Well, and you can imagine people that have thought about moving states. Yeah. Now maybe putting the brakes on just because of the cost. Right. That could be it. So, All right, it's the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Uh, Now on with the countdown. Yeah, I know, up to number one. Number one, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm has some uh, financial conflicts, you're telling me. Well, she did have, and uh, this was a company that our government is backed big time. Remember the electric bus craze that was going on when Joe Biden became president? This Proterra, this company that yeah. was making them. You know, the school buses weren't going to stink anymore. Yeah. And, and they, they, yeah, and Kamala was out there selling the thing. Yeah, and, and She was happy because, oh, my gosh, you could charge your phone on one of these electric buses because that technology doesn't <laughs> exactly. exist in a diesel bus. <laughs> well, one of the big companies making these, Proterra, has just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Oops. And apparently things have not been going well for quite some time. This even after uh, Joe Biden uh, put a $1.6 billion into the making of electric buses. It doesn't matter. The money's all gone now. 
and uh, Jennifer Granholm, who was a big stockholder in this company to the tune of several million dollars, uh, got out about 18 months ago and made $1.5 million on her investment. Ooh. Of course, I'm sure she had no inside information. They were going belly up. I'm sure that wasn't the case. Just savvy. She's a savvy investor, that Granholm. So, again, I mean, the word goes out now like, hey, man, we got to stop this stuff. These people that are cabinet positions and in Congress and in government, you can't be having, you can't have stock in these companies. Well, dude. That you have an interest in that you're giving money to. Or if we could just stop putting activists into these positions, that would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. How many clips do we have of Kamala talking about buses? The buses? So how are these are? new green Something buses going to keep their signature yellow color? Yeah, and, and these are going to remain yellow school, school buses, school buses because right? who does <laughs> Yes, of course they're going to be yellow. I'm, I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. <laughs> I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, right? Okay. But remember, we all think that she's not up to the task because she's a woman and a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Is there any other politician that talks like that with any credibility? No. <laughs> no. No. She's, she broke the glass ceiling. But you think yeah. about this. Oh, you think talk. about Ron DeSantis getting out there and talking like that. I'm, I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. And then giggly about it? Yeah. Yeah. I bet Ramaswamy is out there and all of a sudden you're like, what? Bus, right? <laughs> what, what a goof. We laughed off the stage. But No. No, it's because she is a woman of color. Yeah. And there you have it. Well, thanks, Casey. All right. Scott Robbins, Trifect, the top three of the day. Well done, Scott. Okay. Another news update from David. Got to get to that. Oh, Nimrod's in the news. It's National Book Lovers Day as well. Greatest book of all time. Better have it ready in the next five minutes. Here we go. It's the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Far-left representative Cory Bush out of St. Louis has uh, reminded us all of what anniversary it is. She writes, today is the ninth anniversary of Mike Brown's killing. He would be alive today if the institutions of racism and white supremacy were eradicated. He should be alive today. We will never forget. We will continue to fight for justice and accountability. We're still going with that lie nearly a decade later that he was the gentle giant who had his hands up and said, don't shoot, to Officer Darren Wilson. They were shot in the back, right? Yeah, well, also there was DNA found on the, the cop's gun because he grabbed it. Well, that I know, but I mean, that was part of the myth, right? <laughs> that he was shot. Wa- it was yeah, like walking was, away. Right. Right. He didn't have his hands yes. up. I mean, you... Yeah, like two Justice Department investigations, a couple of local investigations, a state investigation, and these numbskulls are still out there saying Mike Brown was murdered. Yes, I mean, really, what the message is from the left is if someone is coming either to take something from you, rob you, you see some sort of injustice, stay out of the way. Let the criminals have whatever they want. Don't get in the way. Mm -hmm. That's the message. Yeah. Because what did the officer do? He was just in his car. Defended himself, yeah. Absolutely. That's what happened. 
I mean, you think about New York, the subway. That dude. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, this guy's threatening to kill people. And all of a sudden, yeah, he is going to be on trial. Yeah, you're just supposed to just take it. Well, yeah. Like a little female dog. And if you don't, then we'll call you racist. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we have. No, hey, man, if you write a want. song saying you're not going to take it, they're going to call you racist. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's what you learn. Yes. Was that is that what you were laughing about right as we were coming yeah, back that on? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, I wondered. Hey, remember when she claimed that white supremacists shot at her? Yes. During the riots in Ferguson? Yes. They were hiding. She's got in like the a hill. greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> she said they were There was no the report hills. of any shooting anywhere near there, right? No, they there were no white supremacist snipers. I'm pretty sure we right. would have heard about it at the time. I can't wait for the second season of Victim. <laughs> <laughs> Second season. Twelfth. Yeah, it's going to be up there with the Simpsons before too long. Playing the game, just playing the game. I mean, I'm sitting here looking right now at some of Corey Bush's greatest hits over time. Abortion is a lifeline for trans people. Different things that she said. Um, One time she was thrown in the air by police. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. This is crazy, man. Talking about sperm regulation at one point when she was talking about abortion. It's really something. She get she keeps getting elected, though. All right. Enough of that. I think we already started them, Rods. But just in case, let's go ahead. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods of the news. We go to Texas. Your old stomping grounds, David. Harris County. Little road raid in, uh, incident. The road rage started when a guy was distracted by his phone, and he was kind of going back and forth and going over the lines, um, and then didn't notice when a red light turned green. Guy driving behind him started honking at him. Hey, time to go. Well, that made the guy that was distracted mad. So distracted guy started throwing objects at the other vehicle. So then the two vehicles stop. Distracted guy gets out and has a can of white spray paint Uh with him. Sprays it in the other guy's face and on his car. That's when the other guy, we think, there was a a little bit of a wrestle, got a hold of the spray paint himself and then sprayed that guy with it in part of his car. Finally, in the end... The distracted driver, the one that caused this whole thing and initiated the spray painting, was arrested and charged with felony criminal mischief. And I did see the mugshot. And the spray paint is still on the eyebrows and the eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Nimrod in the news.